My name is Linda Hodo, and I am with SolveCast, and I'm with Catherine Hoka. And Catherine is our guest today. Welcome, Catherine. Thanks for joining. Thank you. Yeah. Catherine actually is taking us on a great journey talking about limiting beliefs. That's the title for our podcast today, which is Moving from Limiting Beliefs to Liberating Truths, Helping Leaders and Organizations Find Four Paths to moving forward after recovery. So Catherine's perfectly prepared to do this with us because Catherine has had a long experience over 20 years, actually, working with a lot of uh, nonprofits and others in order to move forward in helping them have transformational impacts in the, in the world. And so when you think about it, she is the head of FOCA Consulting. She served as Capital One's foundation president from 2017 to 2020. And she's also on the Alumni Advisory Committee of Public Allies and as a faculty member at the Institute of Corporate Social Responsibility. So welcome so much. We're so glad to have someone with so much expertise with us today. So thanks so much, Catherine, for joining. Now, this is an interesting title. It's quite a mouthful, right? But it really is talking about something we have to do as a result of the pandemic we've gone through and moving forward with recovery. We're facing so many things. A lot of our leaders have been in crisis trying to lead effectively. They're trying to figure out what to do with footprints, whether people come back or not. What's the social contract between the organization and people? And certainly with the reckoning of racial relationships and feeling interestingly about how we work now with technology, it's become very crucial for us to understand what normal is anymore. So could you tell us a little bit about this idea of limiting beliefs versus liberating truths and what that means? Sure. And thanks so much for asking me um, to be here today, Linda. I think you summed it up. We are we are coming out of a collective traumatic experience with COVID, right? And yeah. then you pile on top the racial reckoning and the unmasking of the realities that many Americans know and face every day, but everyone is having to kind of fully focus on and not blink and not look away from. Then you add AI, technology, children running around that are not in schools, all of these things. And we're left to wonder what comes next and where, what are the next steps for us? And as leaders, it's not just about us. It's about the teams that we lead, the organizations that we must move forward and the ways in which we'll operate well into the future. And for me, the idea of limiting beliefs to liberating or limiting realities to, to liberating truths is a helpful way to think about how we might set our mind and our mindset correctly in order to be the leaders and in order to lead the organizations that we seek to serve. So for me, the journey of limiting beliefs started when I began to realize that sometimes we ask bad questions. And one of the bad questions that is coming out of COVID is, will we get back to normal? Yeah. And here's the truth is like, there's no going back. There's only going forward. There's one way to live life. And it has changed. And that is hard. And some of those things might be good. And some of those things might be bad. But the truth is they are different at the very least. And so I think when we as leaders can take the time to understand what our, what our mindsets and what our assumptions are, and really evaluate how those are serving our teams and our organizations, we might be able to come to new truths that are liberating for ourselves and our organizations and let us reach the goals that we seek and let us help to build the communities and the world in which we choose to live. 
So that's really the idea of limiting beliefs to liberating truths. It's really built off of some of the work that Michael Hyatt has done and Mm -hmm. some of the research um, around Carol Dweck with growth mindset, which for me personally, one of the learnings that I learned from her research and others is that the biggest gift that we give ourselves and others is the chance to be grow and be different, be better tomorrow than we were yesterday. And part of that is by recognizing where we are today, right? So so that's kind of the frame for, for how I think about it and why I think it's useful. If everything is going fine and you have no issues and do not want to improve, this practice isn't as helpful for you. But my hunch in talking to lots of folks and being in lots of conversations is we're all kind of considering right now how we move forward. And I think this practice might help all of us think through and be a little bit more intentional about our choices. That's great. And one of the things we want to focus on today is being intentional. So what we've mentioned and have talked about before is that there are four possible paths to move leaders and organizations forward after recovery. So tell us about the first path. Sure. So one of the things, one of the limiting beliefs that I hear a lot um, when people are trying to decide to move forward and can't quite seem to gain the momentum, can't quite seem to get traction, is this idea that purpose is somehow charity work or a side job. And so as we think about organizations and the way in which we move forward, thinking about employee care, for instance, related to COVID as a nice to have rather than a have to have. And I think so the limiting belief is that that is somehow charity or not related to the fundamental or purpose of an organization. I think the liberating belief is actually the way that we treat our communities, the way that we treat our employees fundamental, the way that we treat every single human on this earth is fundamental to how we understand our organization, our PL, and our business line. And I think reshaping that belief allows us to focus appropriately on those choices and those decisions so that we see them as related to our business instead of an, outside of kind of the core of our business. Well, it's really interesting that you say about our business, that it is related to our business, because sometimes these kinds of terms get stuck in the nonprofit world or in some sort of social construct, when in fact, it really is about doing good business and about partnering with your employees to move forward with your customers and everyone else. So tell us about the second path. Sure. The second path is really the way that we frame things it's just. So it, we were, use the word just to modify or to make things small. Mm. And so it might be, it's just about employees. Mm-hmm. It is about employees, but that's not all. It's just about the community. It is about the community, but that's the starting point, not the ending point. Mm-hmm. And so what I comment on um, as we're thinking about the limiting belief of justness is making things small instead of seeing the opportunity of the whole. Mm-hmm. So the, the liberating truth becomes a starting point might be understanding that it starts with employees and having a stable workforce. But longer term, again, it's directly tied to our business product and our business value. And so the longer we see that thread kind of pull out and the link between the practices that we need to implement on behalf of our communities and our employees mm-hmm. and the thread to business productivity, the more likely we are to be creative and innovative in our responses as opposed to solve a problem for a particular segment or our set of people and really limit the choices that we might make. I'm really glad you mentioned the idea of the more you do this, the more you get innovation. And really that's what organizations are looking for. New mindsets, more innovation, better products, more customers, better markets, more money. So all of these things are really connected together. So that's great. How about the third path? Sure. 
So I think the third path that I find is really insidious to high achievers is this idea that we have to do it alone. Oh, yeah. I have to learn alone. I have to build alone. I have to do it alone. And if I were to give an example of like how we have blown that out of the water, I would simply say the COVID vaccine. Would you and I imagine that 18 months ago, we would be talking about competitors getting together yeah, <laughs> to exactly. form vaccine coalitions and helping each other along the supply chain? It simply would have been unheard of. You and I would have been like, yeah. that sounds like a nice fairy tale. Absolutely. Um, does the unicorn come next? But the truth is, because of the amount of the disaster and the tragedy we face, pharmaceutical companies found new ways to make relationships and build and really be better together than alone. And I think if we can take that liberating truth mm-hmm. into our business purposes, mm-hmm. it doesn't replace, again, to all of the PL, like winning does not have to be in isolation. And indeed, for purpose driven companies, I would argue winning rarely happens in isolation. Mm-hmm. Winning really happens in partnerships and collaboration, especially with the how fast technology. And, and is moving in AI or moving forward, it requires us to think about partnership, to think more about getting to a destination than owning every piece of our own supply chain and finding those ways to build together bigger and better on behalf of our communities, on behalf of our employees in order to build better companies. So this is one that I think we can really look at yeah. our COVID experience in particular and say, we have actually learned a better way. We've learned there can be a better way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that's a really good idea and a, certainly a wonderful thought to remind us on partnership. Speak a little more on how leaders, you think, can begin to partner with their employees, because I think we've altered this idea of power. Power looks differently now. Mm-hmm. What, what are your thoughts on that? I think it's a great question. So I would even go beyond power and say leadership looks different. Uh-huh. I would argue it used to be the, the old paradigm, the limiting belief is leaders right. know the best answers or the yes. right answers. Right. And I would say the, the liberating truth on that is leaders ask great questions and leaders know how to motivate to get the best out of teams. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that's by providing guidance and direction, but a lot of times that's by allowing their employees to bring their best to the table, encouraging what is possible, mm-hmm. spurring innovation giving critical feedback 100% because we believe better exists, right? Like I always say, fiercely optimistic people are unsatisfied with today because we actually believe in a brighter tomorrow. We actually believe it gets better. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) And so I think it's that definition of leadership that at the end of the day, how I am defined and known as a leader is not by how smart people think I am or whether they can attribute a, a witty quote to my name or whether people walk out of that meeting thinking, Catherine has the best idea, but rather whether they leave that meeting with a sense of belonging, like they know they are included on the team and a valued member, whether the team produced what we didn't believe was possible when we walked in the room, whatever that means. And whether we're like building all sorts of different ideas based on the interactions and the conversations that we've had. So it's not just one great idea coming out, it's a thousand that are continuing to flourish. You know what? I think that's a perfect implication for all of the DEI work that's going on right now, that when you, the the degree to which you can bring everybody in the room, get their best opinions, their best thoughts, and they're able to give them because they can be their best selves and have comfort within that space will just be better for everyone along. I think we're at a point on that. People have to look at it. That it's not just symbolic dips into training around these things, 
But there's a very real business case that we now all know because that's out there in the research. But everyone should really try it. It's partnering on all levels, partnering with sometimes your competitors, partnering your supply chain, partnering with your employees, partnering with other leaders across silos in the organization. So it makes a tremendous difference. So tell us about that fourth path to recovery. Sure. So the fourth path, and it might actually lead to what we were just talking about with the DEI conversation. The yeah. fourth limiting belief is my job is to judge and evaluate. Ah. My judge is to be, and I think it does, because I think kind of in response to your last statement, especially as white leaders, mm-hmm. some four more really powerful words are, I don't know yet. Oh, yeah. And then holding space to listen mm-hmm. um, and owning our complicity, owning our part of the structure. And being willing to listen and elevate different voices and validate experience and then learn and try new things. And that's a vulnerability that is required of us as leaders that Mm -hmm. we just have to learn from voice. It's not an option. It's not a nice to have to go back to limiting belief number one. Yeah. I actually think it's the starting point of authenticity and, and learning and growth. And so I think this fourth limiting belief is really. That, that our, ju- our job, especially if we think about this corporate purpose, and we put a sharp point on philanthropy, which mm-hmm. I do a lot of work on, is that our best value as funders is to evaluate and critique. And I would say the liberating truth is I'm a part of the problem, so I get to be part of the solution. Mm-hmm. And companies, for instance, one great example that I like to use on this is companies who really evaluated their own hiring, their own hiring obligations. So when is a four-year degree used as actually a proxy for, for privilege mm-hmm. rather than as a proxy for a bona fide job qualification? Mm-hmm. Good point. When are we taking a shortcut because it's easy without understanding the system behind that process and the ways that it's having very disparate impact. Yeah. And the, the reason we would change is because we have done it wrong. <laughs> we yeah. have misunderstood the bar and we must correct that as we are part of the ecosystem. And so I think that's an example of how we as leaders own the liberating truth of I am a part of the problem, therefore I get to be a part of the solution and find our role within that. That is a great place to end, actually, Catherine. So what would you say is our call to action as we leave here today? Yep. So I think I would I would ask leaders to think about a couple of things. One, it would be fun to just evaluate what are your limiting beliefs. When you think about a couple of things that haven't happened like you wanted them to happen, they could be micro or macro. Mm-hmm. What were actually the beliefs that undergird that? I might argue one of the limiting belief paths that we talked about might be one of those things when you pull it all back. And then the question for you would be, what's the liberating truth you want to embrace? Okay, you've owned it. It's there. (laughs) Nothing can change about the past. We can only move forward. So what would you want to believe differently? And test out and innovate with some of those ideas. Have conversations with your employees. I promise you, the new employees will be able to tell you real quick what your team's limiting beliefs are because they're new to them and they're novel and they're hitting them as they hit a wall. So talk to your employees and get a sense from them as well. And then just decide what's the liberating truth that you can move out of that. The great thing about each of us and each of our organizations is we get to learn and grow. The obligation for us as leaders is to learn and grow on behalf of our companies and the communities. Catherine, this has been a great discussion. And thanks so much for joining us here at SolveCast. And anything you have to recommend for people to read or to follow up on this at all? 
Any thoughts? We will be putting, I think we will be putting a couple of resources on the website along with this podcast. So we'll okay. encourage you and we'll, we'll share those resources. We're happy to do so. Thanks so much, Catherine. Have a good day. Thank you. You as well. Bye. Take care.